Dear Lord, make me a nail upon the wall, fastened securely in its place. Then from this thing so common and so small, hang a bright picture of thy face, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The topic today, enamored of Jesus, has to do with a tremendous principle of soul winning, the law of choice. And our opening text of scripture is found in Joshua 24, 16, 15. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Choose ye this day whom ye will serve. There are two great philosophies in the world today concerning how to win our loved ones to the Lord Jesus. We're standing on a hill overlooking the great city of Chattanooga, Tennessee, some time ago with a fine Christian lady whose husband was not a Christian. As we stood there together in his presence, she turned to us and said, how can I get my husband to be a member of the church? He was standing there, listening. Others have come to me and they've said, how can I get my wife to stop smoking? The wife is listening. Many individuals come to us and say, how can I somehow persuade men and women to be good like I am? If we can learn the Lord's way. For remember, friends, there are two outstanding philosophies of soul winning. One is the philosophy of nagging, belittling, condemning, hoping thereby to bring people to conviction, you see when conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit. The other method is to present Jesus, to draw aside that curtain so that they can see the loveliness of Jesus and they will so completely fall in love with him that they choose to fall at his feet and worship him and give their lives completely to him. Which method are you and I using? And if we have been using the wrong method, Shall we ask the Lord today to change our methods so that they shall conform to that which will cause people to want Jesus, to choose to serve him of their own volition, to say, ah, this is the one that I want to serve. Now, in order to know how to use the new method, let us turn to Song of Solomon, chapter 5, verse 16. And it says here, speaking of Jesus, and notice the way to really win people to Jesus. Let us notice how to persuade them to accept him. Here it is. Song of Solomon 5.16. His mouth is most sweet. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved, and this is my friend. How can we get people how can we persuade people to choose Jesus on their own volition? It is for them to know that his mouth is most sweet. His character is delightful. He is someone that we cannot get along without. We need his friendship. We crave his love. 
there was a little girl <clears throat> whom her mother was tucking into bed one day. And it seemed that this little girl, only perhaps four or five years of age, noticed for the first time her mother's hands, all scarred. She said, Mommy, why do your hands look so ugly? You know how little children are. They don't filter their thinking. And you imagine how it must have cut the mother's heart, but she understood. She said, this is how, honey. She said, when you weren't quite as old as you are now, a fire broke out in the bedroom where you were. Your bed was on fire, but I hastened quickly to your rescue. And she said, I was able to extinguish the flame, but in doing it, my hands were severely burned. But she said, honey, in doing it, I saved your life. Friends, those hands appeared to that little girl from then on as the most beautiful hands she'd ever seen in all her life. Don't you think so? Because there was a significance to it. But 1,900 years ago, there was one who was wounded more than the sons of men. There was one whose hands were nailed to dark Calvary. You know the story. He was despised and we esteemed him not. But when we realize that he was crucified, he was wounded, he was disfigured because he loved us and he saved us, we say, oh, he's altogether lovely. I choose that kind of a savior. Can you say amen? There was a little boy in school. He was not a very bright boy. <clears throat> he couldn't spell too well. One day the teacher said, Jimmy, would you try to spell the word friend? It seemed to him as a rather big assignment, but he struggled through it, and he spelled it. F-R-I-E-N-D. And the teacher said, Jimmy, that's wonderful. Now can you tell us what a friend is? And that was a bigger assignment. But you know how little boys and girls are? They'll tackle anything till they get into their teens. And he said, well, a friend. He was determined to answer. He said, a friend er, er, is, is, a, is a, a, a feller who, who knows all about you and loves you just the same. That's Jesus. If you and I can persuade people as to that kind of a friend whose mouth is most sweet, who is altogether lovely, he is my beloved, he is my friend. We don't have to nag anymore. We do not have to belittle anymore. We don't have to try to take the place of the Holy Spirit, consciously or unconsciously, because here is one whom they want to adore. He loves them with an everlasting love. With loving kindness, he's drawn them. This is my friend. Now, Jesus' methods are so different from our methods. In Hosea chapter 2, verse, verse 14, we find the Lord Jesus revealed himself in an outstanding way in the Old Testament days to many individuals, including Hosea, the prophet. We're not going to relate the whole story of Hosea and Gomer, his wife, except to say that his wife, Gomer, had fallen for someone else, maybe several one else. She had now been living out of wedlock in a very unworthy life. But the man who had taken her to be his concubine 
himself found her so unworthy that he was ready to dispose of her. And in thinking it over, he decided that an auction sale would be the best way. So he announced that he was going to take Gomer up to the auction block and sell her to the highest bidder. Now here's Hosea, a holy man of God, a righteous saint of God, a prophet, if you please. How is he going to win this character back to the love of Christ? Which method will he use? Will he go up to that auction block and say, listen, Gomer, I want everybody to know that you have been one of the most rotten characters in this whole neighborhood. But still, <laughs> I may condescend to put you on trial for a while. And if you live up, I'm going to condescend from my high and holy estate, and I'm going to be so, so marvelously kind to accept you back. That would be a miracle, wouldn't it? To accept her back under any conditions. But Gomer had learned of the fabulous of him who was altogether lovely. And the very Christ was living within him. And Christ in him said this, Hosea 2.14, I will allure her. Can you imagine? I will allure her. I will speak comfortably to her. How do you win a harlot to Jesus? <laughs> the alluring love of Jesus Christ. We love him because he first loved us. And so he went to the auction block, and he bought her, and he allured her, and he spoke comfortably to her. My friends, that is Jesus' method. Many years ago, I read from a book that I love very much, entitled The Desire of Ages, on page 826, a marvelous quotation about Jesus. I said, whoever wrote that certainly had the concept, the true concept, the concept of Jesus. And it went on to say this of Jesus. His blessings he presents in the most alluring terms. I said, alluring? When I was a boy, the word allure stood for something very, very wicked, filthy. The devil borrowed the word allure from Jesus. The allurement belongs to Jesus and his people. Oh, may God help you and me to use the alluring method of Jesus Christ. What do you say? His blessings he presents in the most alluring terms. That's how he won Mary Magdalene. That is how the woman of, of Samaria was converted. That is how the thief on the cross turned to him in his great salvation. And this is how men and women down through the ages have found the Christ of God. Let us be done with belittling, friends. What do you say? Can you say amen? amen. Let's be done with condemning. Let's be done with thinking that we must play Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit knows how to convict and present the loveliness of Jesus when we are merely witnesses to his love to us. You know, I've thought many times of how do you uh, capture a honeybee. You know, there are two ways. Here you have a nice quart jar. And you come to the honeybee and you say, Miss, uh, Miss Honeybee, I really want to take you with me. I want to capture you. And I have a little switch. And I'm going to see to it that you get into that jar. And there, I realize that, that the jar isn't too beautiful because I have a little vinegar in the bottom of it. But that's all right. That's part of my religion. I really have a vinegar religion of the, of the uh, 
seven last plagues, and I'm one of the first of the plagues, and the time of trouble, and I'm already making some trouble, and uh, of the time of pestilence, I'm already a church pest. So, so honeybee, I want to capture you in my vinegar jug. And here's a switch to make sure. <coughs> honeybee, why don't you respond? <coughs> honeybee, honeybee. We say, why the world is hard. These bees are so hard. All I got out of this fabulous effort was a sting. Did you ever hear people today saying, my friends and relatives are so hard. The world is hard. Friends, the honeybee can either gather the honey or he can sting. Your friends and mine can either respond with a stinging response or they can say, you have the nectar. You're telling me about him whose lips are most sweet. His mouth is most sweet. He's altogether lovely. You're reflecting his love in your countenance, in your voice. Oh, I want him in my life. Let's not forget, there's a way to get the honeybee. Put honey in the jar, and you'll be surprised. We won't get just one honeybee. There won't be enough jar to go around. That's a way to capture honeybees. Do you know, friends, I want to thank God that in this law of choice, there are many, many Christians that are learning that the way to win others to Jesus Christ is the alluring way. I was speaking one, one morning at the 11 o'clock service down in Florida on the love of Jesus and his methods. They're so superior to the methods of the devil. And right in the middle of my sermon, there was a lady sitting there with her unchurched husband. They had been married for decades. And can you kind of imagine the methods that she may have used on him through that period of time? <laughs> a little nag, you know, a little thrust, playing Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came to her that morning. And the Lord said to her, you have been using the wrong methods. Christ's methods are so much more successful than the devil's methods. The devil is the accuser. Jesus is the lover. Soul winning might be said to be 95% spiritual courtship and only 5% instruction and no nagging thrown in as extra. How about that? And the lady listened to the voice of God right there in the middle of my sermon and she turned to her husband and she kissed him on the cheek right in church. And she whispered to him, she said, Honey, will you forgive me? I have used the wrong methods on you for 20 years. Two or three nights later, he came to the church again, his face beaming. He said, you know something happened when you preached that sermon? He said, my wife sat there in that service and she changed religions. Not denominations, religions. He said, I'll tell you how I know it. He said, for years and years and years, there's been a lot of contention in our home. And he said, much of it has been over the dog. <laughs> Think of that. He said, now I love dogs. But my wife is so religious that she doesn't. <laughs> he said, and my wife wouldn't think of letting that dog in the house. He went on and described it. It was as though if, if, he ever, if that dog ever came in and, and sat on the couch, it would be a 
a hot dog. <laughs> he said, but you know what happened? She made me make a doghouse far from the house. But he said, after my wife changed religions the other day, he said, I'll tell you how I know. He said, I, I run a bus and I come home about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. He said, I came home the other night, the afternoon, 3 o'clock, and my wife was out there at that doghouse petting my pet dog. He said, Pastor, I couldn't understand it, and I know the dog couldn't. His wife had changed religions. Isn't it wonderful? The dog even understood it. He understood it. His mouth is most sweet. He is altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend. I don't think I'll ever forget the story of the twins. We're holding a series of meetings thousands of miles from here. Any of these sort of negative things have happened out of state, you understand. <clears throat> and one evening as I finished my sermon, a pair of twins stepped into the pastor's study quickly. We want to see you. We want to see you. They want to went on to tell us, tell me what terrible husbands they had. I wondered whether they had poor judgment when they chose the husbands or poor judgment now, you know. But I didn't raise any issue. You don't raise issues in soul winning. And the one said, I'm the one that brought my sister into the church. She said, but in doing so, her husband won't even speak to me. I said, uh, do you speak to him? Well, no. You don't speak to him? What kind of a church anity is that? I didn't say it. I thought it. She said, but my husband is a practically a demon. <laughs> Can you imagine such a precious woman being married to a demon? <laughs> and her sister agreed, and she said, my husband is no better. How in the world are we going to go about winning these, these terrible men? I said, well, how about going home and being a sweetheart? They said, what's that? What's that? I said, well, you just go home and you don't quarrel. Well, they said, you mean we can't say anything? You get the message? I said, yes, you may talk, but don't talk like the devil. See, the devil accuses. And I said, when you find yourself becoming irritated, don't talk. But when you stop talking, don't look like the devil, because he's the accuser. Oh, they said, oh, is that it? That's it. But she said, listen, there's nothing on earth I can ever do that'll change my husband's attitude. Well, I'll try it. I said, you'd be surprised what the Lord does through this method, the method of Jesus. It's a miracle method. Just try it and see. She said, if my husband ever knew I was the meeting, he'd never even let me come back. Well, I said, she said, I live 70 miles away. I said, well, just try it and see what'll happen. Well, okay. Well, I know it won't work. Two or three nights later, they were both there. <laughs> they were musicians. And somebody had asked them to sing a special for that evening. One of the ladies sang a solo. She had a beautiful voice. Her sister was a beautiful pianist, and she accompanied her. And the song they sang was The Holy City, that she sang was The Holy City. As she began singing that, I saw a look of glory on her countenance. Her sister was accompanying her. I said to myself, something has happened. They must have a fabulous story to tell. And then I knew it was so when I heard her sing. She began singing for all she was worth, 
And she was so enthused that she got ahead of her sister who was accompanying her. And the sister thought, I better catch up. So she caught up and got ahead of the one that was singing. Then the one that was singing got ahead of her. I never heard anything or saw anything like that going to the holy city in all my life. I could hardly wait till I got through speaking. I knew they had something wonderful. I walked in the pastor's study at the close of the sermon. They barged in, smiling. They said, listen, something wonderful has happened. The sister who came from 70 miles, she said, something marvelous has happened. She said, I went home and did just what you suggested. Nothing outstanding. I was just a sweetheart. And she said, do you know, somehow my husband learned I was the meeting the other night. She said, at noon today, my husband walked up to me with a big smile. He reached his hand in the billfold. He pulled out a $5 bill. And she talked so fast I could hardly keep up with her, but I'm sure I got it straight. She said, and he handed me the $5 bill and he said, listen, go up to the gas station, fill up the tank, that's when money was money, fill up the tank with gasoline and go back to the same meeting and get some more of the same thing you got the other night. His mouth is most sweet. He's altogether lovely. This is my beloved. This is my friend. Friends, it works. It works. A Christian writer has said that if we'd use these methods, we'd find 100 people crowding in to our fellowship where there's now one. Don't you think we ought to be done with all of these forms of belittling and nagging? A man came to me at the close of one of my sermons. He said, Brother Kuhn, I see what's wrong with me now. He said, I've been using the wrong methods. He said, I've been working for the Lord like the devil. Accusing, belittling, trying to bring people to condemnation, to conviction, instead of saying, look, I found what I wanted when I found the Lord. I found a satisfaction in him. I'm not on cloud nine all the while because the devil still lives. There's still persecutions. I still have to contend with self. But in the overall picture, I've found what I wanted because I found the Lord. 1 John 4:19 says, this is how men fall in love with Jesus. We love him because he first loved us. Soul winning is a spiritual courtship. There are two philosophies. The one philosophy is the high human pressuring philosophy of nagging a little, belittling a little bit, trying to shame a person a little bit, and finding that we're inviting the honeybee into the vinegar jug. The other is the Christ method. I will allure her. I will speak comfortably unto her. And then we'll see the saints of God go trooping through the gates to the New Jerusalem and they say, it was you who invited me here. You reflected his love in your countenance. Even when you're going through deep, dark struggles, you said, I know whom I have believed. I'm persuaded he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Shall we pray? Dear Lord in heaven, I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you for forgiving my people for wherein we have used Satan's methods. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.